Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it is good to have you back with us again on another episode of Vitality Radio amidst the craziness that is the COVID-19 uh, so-called pandemic. And uh, I want to tell you that I have a show for you that is loaded with awesome content that I think will answer a lot of questions for you about what's going on in our lives, in our society, in our country, and for those of you listening locally here in Utah, in our state. Now, today I have a special guest with us. Her name is Darcy Van Orden. She is one of the two founders of Utah Business Revival and the owner of a small tech company called DVO Consulting. They are a dev shop that uh, works with big data, machine learning, and blockchain projects, most of which means nothing to me, but she knows what she's talking about. Uh, welcome to Vitality Radio, Darcy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, I am too. You are sponsoring an event today, Saturday, that I'm very excited about and plan to be in attendance uh, at. And uh, But before we get into the event, let's talk about what Utah Business Revival is. Yes, uh, we actually launched the group, Eric Mutsos and I, Saturday night, so just a couple days ago, and we're now sitting close to 4,500 people in the great state of Utah have joined. Our core mission is to getting businesses back open. Part of that is we're working to partner with local mayors to put on networking events in their cities, and so we can get small business owners to come out, set up a booth, of course, six feet apart, and allow people to effectively network and hopefully do some business and exchange some goods and uh, start to pick up and get our economy moving. Uh, because fundamentally, as part of our core mission, our beliefs are that all workers and jobs are essential. And so we realize yes. that we cannot be preventing people from working. And that's, in essence, preventing them from buying food and paying for their shelter. And also a big part of our mission is to create awareness surrounding, you know, all the mental health aspects that are so dangerous behind this shutdown. You're going to find that there's major, major implications to the shutdown that affect our mental health and also in turn cause uh, deaths of despair. Absolutely. In fact, so you are aware after I'm done interviewing you that I'm going to dig very deep into that topic. We're going to talk about what deaths of despair means. We're going to talk about the impact that the economy has on our mental and physical health and a bunch of other stuff. So there's a lot of good stuff coming on the show today. What you're doing is awesome. I'm so excited to be involved with it and to be able to help you promote it. It's pretty amazing. It gives you an idea of just how much interest there is in what you're doing with 4,000 people already joining the Facebook group. And I want to make sure that that's clear to people uh, how you become a member. It's Utah Business Revival. If they just search that on Facebook, it's as easy as that, right? It's as easy as that. Just uh, send us an invite. We'll prove you right away and get you in our group and uh, get you involved in some of the discussions we're having and get you taking part in call our various calls to action. What do you say to people who say, this isn't about business, it's not about the economy, it's about loss of life, this lockdown? When you say it's about loss of life, so meaning um, this lockdown is causing loss of life. Absolutely, I believe that. Is that your question? Well, no, I, I, you and I obviously are on the same page here, but people, when, whenever people mention the economy, and I've seen this a lot on social media lately, they say about, they talk about the economy, they talk about people losing their jobs, they talk about um, the lockdown being necessary though, because we're protecting this group of people that are the most vulnerable. How do you uh, frame your response to that when people limit their viewpoint, I guess, to just the people who are the most vulnerable to the virus as opposed to the bigger picture. So usually with that, I talk about a lot of the dangers of deaths by of despair. You know, more specifically, we're going to see an increased rates of heart attacks as a result of this. We're going to see increased rates of suicide as a result of this. We're going to see increased homicide. 
cirrhosis of the liver, you know, people being admitted to state mental hospitals, you know, more people going into our jail system as a result from these shut-in orders. They're very dangerous uh, to society. More specifically, it's not just about um, everybody's, you know, it's absurd when people just try to limit it to say, oh, the economy, you just care about the economy and not money. No, that actually equates to people's lives. When people can't work, they can't provide for their family. And that means they can't buy food. They can't pay for their shelter. And that puts them at risk of being on the street. So this is, this is people's lives. And more specifically, for every 1% rise in unemployment, that could result in 37,000 deaths. Yeah. And when you talk about 1%, which under normal circumstances is a big increase in unemployment, we're talking about 10, 20, 30% increases in unemployment right now with uh, what's going on. So it's a massive, massive number. Yeah. So we've already seen just in this, just over a month, 10% increase in unemployment. And then those numbers are expected to rise, could go up to 20, could go up to even 30%, they say possibly by the end of summer. Yeah, I've heard the same things. It's crazy. So we really need to take a a more holistic view of the whole thing and see what is really happening. It's not just those who are uh, immunocompromised. It's not just those who are elderly. And there's no reason that we shouldn't be concerned about protecting those people, obviously. But we also have to look at the bigger picture of the uh, collateral damage that's going to happen with those who are at risk for other reasons with uh, everything from mental illness to financial difficulty and so on and so forth. Okay, so we don't have a whole lot of time left. So let's get to the first event uh, that you're organizing. It's Saturday at 5 p.m. Yes. uh, In downtown Salt Lake. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so Saturday at 5 p.m., we're hoping everybody will join us downtown. In fact, we'd love for you to already be downtown by 4.30. And we see this as a great opportunity. This is our Salt Lake City uh, Safe Business Rally. And um, we're excited to have people join us. We're going to have some really great public officials there. As I mentioned, Eric Mutsos will be there. Uh, we're going to have, you know, people are bringing their family. We're encouraging people to stop by local Salt Lake City restaurants, get your food to go. Come bring it with you and meet us. And I think it'll be a great opportunity. We are going to encourage social distancing so we can still stay with that and be respectful of such. Um, but I do see this as an opportunity uh, for people to come out and have their voices heard. If you want to make signs that describe your business, it's going to be really important for us to share our stories, what our small business owners are going through at this time, because any business that shut down means that people aren't going to be able to be putting food on the table. And this is affecting a lot of people. I think this gives people a lot of hope to have these discussions and hear from other individuals. And I think we can feel good about that opportunity. So I would definitely encourage people to follow the Facebook page, Utah Business Revival. And on there, we're going to have listed the actual location, meeting location. We're planning to post that at 4.30 that day. So plan to be downtown at 4.30, check the page at 4.30, and then you'll know exactly where to meet us. So we can all meet up for sure and find each other by five o'clock and um, enjoy some, some good fun together. If you're interested in this event, if you're interested in what Utah Business Revival is doing, I highly encourage you to go to that Facebook page as soon as you get a chance. There will be uh, all kinds of activity, I think, especially on Saturday there, and uh, you'll want to be involved. There's a lot of really good people involved in this that are looking at the bigger picture, which, again, I'm going to present to you in detail as soon as uh, I'm done with this interview with Darcy. So Utah Business Revival on Facebook. Uh, If you have questions, if you're driving when you're listening to this and you didn't get a chance to write this down, give us a call at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, 801-292-6662. We'll have the flyers there. We'll have information for you and be able to answer some questions for you on Saturday as well. But it's Utah Business Revival on Facebook, and please join us. I'll be there as well, downtown Salt Lake, 5 p.m. on Saturday. So that's going to be uh, it for that. Darcy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your energy and effort on the behalf of the citizens of Utah and for uh, having the courage to kind of step into the limelight here and uh, do the right thing. Hey, thanks for having me. Hope to see you all on Saturday. Absolutely. Okay, so that was Darcy Van Orden from Utah Business Revival. Really happy to have her on. Uh, This is someone who I recently met, and uh, I've been very impressed with her uh, dynamic personality and ability to get the word out on these types of things. Please join us.
at the event tonight at uh, 4.30 downtown is when we'll all start gathering. And uh, again, if you have questions, call us at Vitality 801-292-6662. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to talk about collateral damage and what that means when it comes to the lockdown of our city, our counties, and our country uh, having to do with COVID-19. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blog or online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is, that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview I did with Darcy before the break. I'm excited to be in Salt Lake City with like-minded people who recognize that we've got to put an end to this shutdown and uh, get back to work and save the other vulnerable people. That's what we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. Now, I've got a lot to get into, but before I do, I have had so many questions, and because this is a health-related show specifically— Uh, and a lot of people listen for advice on what they should do with uh, vitamins, herbs, lifestyle, things like that. I'm going to answer these questions in as much detail as I can, but I've got to get into some other good stuff too, so I'm going to rush through it a little bit, but here we go. Question number one, what are you doing to prevent coronavirus? That's a question that I've been receiving on the regular via text message, email, Facebook message, and uh, in the store, Vitality Nutrition, our family business that we've had there for 42, almost 43 years. People coming in right now a lot to get immune help and immune supplements. And I want to make sure that you understand, as I have a disclaimer at the end of each show, that I am not a doctor and I don't pretend to be one. And this advice is not advice for you necessarily, or a recommendation even for you, this is what I am doing and what I'm doing for my family. And uh, it would be illegal for me to prescribe this to you because I am not a doctor. This is what I am doing. Okay, number one, I try to get enough sleep. Now, full disclosure, it is 1.30 in the morning on Friday morning, the 17th, when I am recording this show. I am not getting enough sleep tonight. I have my kids with me, and I will be up and at them early. Sometimes that's just how it is. But when I can, and more often than not lately, I've been trying to get in bed between 10 and 11 and get up around 7 so that I get my full 8 hours, which actually is quite an accomplishment for me because I am quite the night owl, but I have done much better over the last couple of months of finally getting enough sleep, and it's huge for your immune system. Try to get your eight hours. Proper hydration. I cannot stress this enough. Some of you listening know that I stress this a lot, specifically to you. 
Uh, but I also stress it to myself. I find that I feel dramatically better when I am fully hydrated. That means not just good, clean water. Stay away from the tap water, please. But also the minerals that take uh, that the water takes to the cells. You want to make sure you're using electrolytes, good, clean ones. If you have questions about that, of course, give us a call at Vitality and we'll tell you what your options are. But you need your minerals. You need your water. Hydration is a big deal when it comes to immune response. Sunshine, 20 to 30 minutes a day. We have a beautiful day uh, Saturday projected somewhere in the 50s. It should be as you're listening to this. And uh, it's a great day to get out, maybe downtown Salt Lake, if you know what I mean. But get 20 to 30 minutes of exposed skin, arms and legs if possible. If you're bald like me, take your hat off for 20 minutes, just long enough not to burn that dome, but to get the sun you need so you can get your vitamin D levels up. And of course, supplementing your vitamin D is never a bad idea either. Uh, Gratitudes and deep breathing. I've talked about gratitude journals. I highly recommend it. Gratitude replaces fear. It replaces anxiety. It will calm your mind, and it absolutely helps your immune system. We have evidence of that in the research. Eat less sugar. Please eat less sugar. It's another one I struggle with, but it's a big deal. And then as far as supplements go, I'm taking two to 3,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C always in the ascorbate form. I'm taking olive leaf extract. I talked a lot about it on last week's show. I love olive leaf extract as a natural antiviral, antibacterial. I take kyolic garlic, my favorite odorless garlic. It is truly odorless. It will not make you stink, and it is very, very good for you. During the winter months, I do supplement with vitamin D. During the summer, I generally try and get it from the sun. And then I take back on track daily, usually with every meal, back on track, my favorite probiotic combination and enzyme combination to help break down uh, the nutrients in your food, which gives you more nutrition. And the probiotics in there have been clinically proven to improve your health, your immune system specifically. Now, question two I get is, what would I do if I got coronavirus? Well, first, I would up my C substantially, 3,000 milligrams, four to five times a day of the ascorbate form of vitamin C, or I would find someone who would get it to me intravenously. Uh, I may even do some sort of combination of the two. Olive leaf extract, I would bump that way up to about 2,000 milligrams a day. I would absolutely take colloidal silver, specifically the Silver Biotics brand is my favorite. I would use one teaspoon four to six times a day. I would also diffuse it in my essential oil diffuser or put it in my humidifier so I could breathe it in, and I would also spray it into my nostrils as a nasal spray. I have found excellent results doing colloidal silver in that way. Clear lungs, my favorite Chinese herbal remedy I would take because coronavirus is specifically hard on the lungs, and clear lungs is an amazing herbal formula with over 800 years of use in China. Uh, two capsules three times a day is what I would do. I would take get well, stay well, three capsules four times a day. I would make sure I was getting between my different sources about 100 milligrams of zinc per day. I would make sure I was getting 100,000 units of vitamin A daily, and I would absolutely take oregano oil and elderberry. I know I had to get through it kind of quick. It's a lot of stuff, but if you have questions about that, I'll actually be posting my regimen on Facebook, on my Vitality Radio Facebook page, my Vitality Nutrition Facebook page, and my personal page. Uh, And so if you want to see what I would do if I got coronavirus, that's where you can look. And, of course, you can call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662, and my team will have it there at Vitality if you'd like to see it. Okay, I have about 30 minutes, 35 minutes left. I got a lot to rant about. It is time to finish the show with the morning rant. In a world 
full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay. In the military, they use a term called collateral damage. The definition, according to Webster's, is injury inflicted on something other than an intended target, specifically civilian casualties of a military operation. So why am I referring to collateral damage? This isn't a military show. It's a health and nutrition show. Well, the military used this term to consider if an operation is worth the desired outcome based on the risk of civilian casualties involved. In other words, if we do an airstrike at a military base, is there a chance that we will kill people we are not trying to kill? And if so, how many will be in harm's way and what can we do to minimize the risk to these people? In war, there is going to be collateral damage. I'm not a big fan of war myself, but it is what it is, and uh, there will be collateral damage in war, and generally good men will choose to avoid that as much as possible. I should say men and women, sorry. And uh, so collateral damage is something that we want to avoid. Now, in a case of coronavirus, a so-called pandemic is there going to be collateral damage from what is happening with our approach in this nation and many others when it comes to trying to prevent the spread or flatten the curve of coronavirus? And the answer is absolutely. The question I have is, why does it seem that it was never considered, that they never thought, hey, what else are we going to hurt when it comes to this? And of course, people, especially on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, I've noticed there's some real harsh fighting, some some fisticuffs breaking out online when people talk about the economy with this, because then people get all upset and say, well, we can't think about the economy in a time like this. We have to think about the loss of life. That is what I'm talking about, the loss of life. It has to do with the economy. So let's just start with loss of life when it comes to collateral damage. First off, the propaganda and fear machine that is the United States government and its so-called health organizations were way off way off on their projections. Centers for Disease Control originally projected the worst case scenario of 1.7 million Americans dead from COVID-19 by the end of summer. The IMHE, which is running the prediction model that the U.S. government is using to predict all this, originally stated that with a nationwide lockdown and social distancing, we would lose 245 thousand people. And that's with social distancing and a nationwide lockdown. Last week, they adjusted the number to 60,000 people. When we factor in that we know for a fact that Centers for Disease Control is asking medical professionals to assign cause of death, even related to or unknown but potentially due to COVID-19, as definitively COVID-19 deaths, then we know that even the deaths currently reported as COVID are in question. If we make it to 60,000 deaths, and I would bet money that we don't, then it is likely that thousands of those deaths are not from COVID anyway. But let's just say they all are. 60,000 deaths from COVID-19 after the projections said first 1.7 million Americans, then 245,000, and then it was about 100,000, and then it was 81,000, and now it's 60,000. Well, those numbers represent a very serious problem because they have told us that this lockdown is to protect the weakest and the most at risk of our citizens. On the surface, that sounds like the right thing to do. However, At what cost? 
there have been studies done that have proven what the cost may be. There's a large volume of academic literature on the social determinants of health and death of despair caused by increases in the unemployment rate. This pioneering work in this field was conducted by Harvey Brenner, then at Johns Hopkins University, on behalf of the Joint Economic Committee of the United States Congress in the mid-70s. Reviewing U.S. historical data over the period 1940 to 1973, Brenner found that a 1% increase in the unemployment rate sustained over a period of six years, has been associated during the past three decades with increases of 36,887 total deaths. That includes 20,000 deaths from cardiovascular disease, 920 suicides, 648 homicides, 495 deaths from cirrhosis of the liver, 4,227 state mental health hospital admissions, and 3,340 state prison admissions based on 1% increase in the unemployment rate sustained over a period of six years. 37,000 losses of life. Now that was back in the 70s. At that time, we had about 200 million people in America. Now we have about 330 million which means that a 1% increase now is probably closer to 55,000 losses of life. Now, that is important because 1%, from 3.4 to 4.4, which is actually 25%, right? A 33% increase, but we're talking about one percentage point of total population could mean 55,000 people die. And I just stated that the newest numbers that they believe are the most accurate, and we've clearly shown that they haven't been accurate yet, show that we might lose 60,000 to COVID. So that's about an even trade-off right there. But what if the unemployment rate increases by 16.5 points, as predicted by Treasury Secretary uh, uh, Munchen? That would be 970,000 lives lost to deaths of despair, a million people. Now, that is a big deal. I I want to deliberate on that a little bit, but I'm going to jump around here a little bit because now I don't want you to think about death anymore. Not for a minute. We'll get back to it. I want you to think about life. I have two dear friends who are personally experiencing things that people need to consider. Now, these are friends of mine, and you have friends like this. You may be one of these people. One of my friends is a recovered addict. She was addicted to opiates for about nine years. She has dozens of friends who she met with through the recovery process, and many of those friends are struggling mightily right now. The recovery groups are, for the most part, not even meeting. Some are meeting via phone, but that just isn't the same. Connection is critical to these people. She has an adult son who struggles with bipolar issues, and she has had to talk him down on more than one occasion during this lockdown. Connection is key to keeping people who struggle with anxiety, depression, addiction, PTSD, and so many other mental health issues from sliding down into the abyss. Fear is the best way not only to shut down your immune system, but also to reduce or eliminate rational thought. And people who already deal with these insecurities are being told that they should be scared. There's something horribly wrong with that. My other friend is a social worker, specifically in the field of hospice care. In fact, she was the one assigned to my mother when she was on hospice. Now, hospice is, of course, end-of-life care. It is an incredibly difficult time of life, not just for the dying, but also for those who love them. Mom has been gone now for about 14 months. I was able to spend a lot of hours with her the last couple months of her life. I slept in the room next to hers for the last few days of her life. I was the one that last saw her alive 
and first saw her dead. I am so incredibly grateful that I got those last moments with my sweet, sweet mother. I must have kissed her forehead a hundred times those last few days. I cannot imagine not having had that time, those precious moments. But that is the reality for these people that are in my very shoes right now. My friend texted me this message a couple of days ago. The loss of human connection and the loss of touch, exclamation point. She said, I sat with a senior passing away, but not of COVID-19. Due to restrictions, family members are not welcome in the facility. I FaceTimed his family with him. What is happening? The death experience, last breaths and funerals are going to be lost. Those beautiful, connective, healing experiences, gone. I can't imagine if my mother were in hospice care now at a facility and I couldn't see her. In her situation, FaceTime wouldn't have worked. She was basically incoherent the last couple of weeks. All I could do is go and hold her hand. When we brought her home, I spent a lot of time holding her hand and kissing her forehead like I mentioned. There are people thousands of people in those very shoes right now. We have to consider those people too. We can't just consider the dying. We can't just consider those who could die. And we can't just consider the people susceptible to COVID-19 because we have many among us, the addicted, formerly addicted, the mentally ill Uh, people with anxiety, people with PTSD, people with other emotional and mental issues, people who are unemployed or will become unemployed, people who will lose their business, their own business that they built. We have to consider all of this. We can't just consider one at-risk group when there are so many others. Okay, in America... In 2017, we lost over 70,000 people to drug overdoses and about 50,000 to suicide. Both numbers are higher than we will likely lose to coronavirus. However, government agencies have not declared a state of emergency to protect these victims. In fact, politicians mostly turn a blind eye towards these most vulnerable and at-risk citizens. Does that sound familiar? Why? Why don't politicians declare states of emergency for this? Could it be that there is no billion-dollar vaccine to prevent suicide? Or is it because the majority of overdose victims overdose on legal FDA-approved drugs? After all, 70% of drug overdose deaths in America are opioid deaths, and 86% of those people started on prescription opiates. In fact, 80% of all opiates in use in the whole world are consumed in America, and we only have 5% of the population. Let me run those numbers by you one more time. 70% of drug overdose deaths in America are opioid deaths. 86% of those people started on prescription drugs that they were legally prescribed and using as directed. 80% of all opiates in the world are consumed in America, and we only have 5% of the population. And yet, with all that going on, why is it that every year in America, we the people fund a war on illegal drugs that cost $51 billion every single year, yet we spend almost nothing trying to stop the overprescription of opiate drugs? Does any of this add up to you as easily as it does for me? We have all these at-risk people, people who are suicidal, people who are becoming unemployed and falling back into addiction, people who are having mental health challenges and having a very, very difficult time during this time. And yet, 
none of those people are a concern, that collateral damage doesn't matter? Why? Let's bring it back around to the coronavirus issue. Why is it that all we hear from CDC and that lunatic Anthony Fallacy, uh, uh, Fauci, sorry, that the only answer is a vaccine? We know vitamin C works. It works really well. I did a whole show on it last week if you want to hear how well. We know vitamin D is huge for prevention of all viral infections. We know that there are dozens of herbs and even pharmaceuticals that appear to be effective. And yet, the only answer is one that we don't have and likely won't have for, according to Fauci, at least 18 months? Well, let's look at another shot that we do have. The flu shot is worth about $2 billion just in America every year and $4 billion worldwide. What might a coronavirus vaccine be worth? You see, sick people getting cured by a cheap pharmaceutical or worse yet, something natural, just doesn't add up to the revenue that a vaccine can create being distributed to billions of healthy people annually, every single year. I'll be the first to admit that I have no definitive answers as to why this thing has been blown so far out of proportion. I don't think it's all about the next multi-billion dollar vaccine, but I am confident that it is at least partly about that next vaccine. Worse yet, based on comments from Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates, that vaccine could come with a government mandate and potentially worse a tracking system to verify that you have been injected with it. Let's look at what's happening to society right now in America because it is eerie. There's a hotline set up for people to call and report their neighbors for not social distancing. Now, you can think what you want to think about social distancing and whether or not it is the way to prevent coronavirus. I personally think there's about a hundred things you can do that are better than social distancing. If you want to throw social distancing on top of that, go for it. Be my guest. But to call out your neighbors and friends for not social distancing, is that not spooky to you? Because that's happening. It's happening a lot. People are getting in fights online. It's all, you know, uh, what do they call it? Keyboard courage. But still, people saying horrible things to people on Facebook and Twitter because they're making light of social distancing or not wearing a mask or not only going out when there's an emergency. And here we have the leading health official in America who is a clear associate of Bill Gates saying that the only option we have is a vaccine when we know this virus just isn't that strong. It can be killed a whole bunch of ways short of a vaccine, but not as lucrative a way as you can with a vaccine. It's time we recognize that there is evil in this world, and much of it is concentrated in our government bodies and their agencies and in Big Pharma and its allies. This is about money, power, and control. The more fear they can spread, the more compliant and dependent we become. There is a reason why there is no state of emergency for those who die of suicide and drug overdose. There simply isn't any money in it. And in case you forgot, the guy screaming the loudest for and funding much of the research on the coronavirus vaccine, his name is Bill Gates from Microsoft. The same Bill Gates who still hasn't even figured out how to prevent a virus in a computer. That's the rant for today. I'll be back with a quick wrap-up, a couple of reminders. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. During this COVID-19 challenge, 
Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful now offers curbside pickup. Just call 801-292-6662. We will take your order by phone and have it ready when you get to our parking lot. We can also ship product to most of Utah next day. Give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I got through that rant a little faster than I expected. Took a couple deep breaths and remembered a couple things that I almost forgot. So I'm glad I have a few more minutes with you today. Uh, I did something really fun, really, really fun, actually, this last week. Uh, just a couple days ago, my buddy Stuart Tomk was uh, scheduled to do this radio show, this episode. And I started recording with him. About midstream, I realized two things. One, I needed to pull the focus around back to this collateral damage thing that I talked about. I felt like that was the most urgent matter that had to be on the radio, especially locally here in Utah with the uh, Utah Business Revival uh, rally that is uh, later today. I knew that had to be the focus. So then I thought, well, that's okay. We'll just push back Stewart's interview to the following Saturday. But then as I we kept going, I realized it was much less of an interview and more of just uh, two old friends talking about What's going on in the world and health, nutrition, stress, immunity, and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's been in the industry forever. I've been in the industry forever. We are friends beyond our relationship on the radio. And it was really, really nice just talking to him. I like some of this long form stuff uh, that I hear on podcasts. And podcasting is one of the only ways you can really do that because there's no real time constraints. So we just kept talking. Uh, we ended up going for about an hour. And that's a good 25 minutes longer than I normally would have kept him, maybe even more than that. And I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was interesting. I think it is interesting. I hope it is interesting to you. That long-form show will release this coming Wednesday uh, in the morning. And it's just me and Stuart talking. And funny, he represents CB Sciences, one of the great uh, CBD companies in this country. In fact, I would say the greatest CBD company in this country. I really love what they're doing. And uh, if it were not for them, CBD might not even be legal here right now. So we owe them a great debt of gratitude, those of you who use CBD. But we didn't end up start talking about CBD until we were like 50 minutes into that podcast. So a lot of good information. I think it's valuable. I think you'll enjoy it. But it's not that much about CBD. But one thing, the reason I actually invited him on is I wanted to talk about what CBD can do in these times of stress because we keep talking about immune system, vitamin C, zinc, echinacea, elderberry, oregano oil, olive leaf extract, so on, so on, and so on. And all that's important. I mentioned a bunch of it earlier. But CBD is very interesting. One of the things that we talked about in detail uh, that you can hear next Wednesday is the ramifications of stress on the immune system. And we're dealing with a lot of stress right now because there are people like me who want to get things going again so we can reduce this collateral damage. And there are people who are terrified of this virus. And you may be one of those. I don't know what side you're on. I don't know how many people are listening think I'm crazy and how many agree with me. But regardless of that, in either way and on either side, there's a lot of stress. And stress is a killer of the immune system, quite literally. When we are under high levels of stress, our body goes fight or flight. And in fight or flight mode, the immune system doesn't matter that much. So it's shut almost all the way down. It's one of the reasons why high levels of stress tend to lead to illness, all kinds of different illness. Everything from uh, cold and flu stuff to eventually heart disease, things like that. So stress is a big factor. And CBD connects directly at the central nervous system to combat stress and reduce the stress response. Now, it won't shut up the talking heads on TV, but it will help you cope with what they have to say a little better than you otherwise could. And the research has proven that time and again. 
If you're struggling with sleep during this time, CBD is very, very effective for that. But one of the, one of the things that I love about CBD is that by reducing stress response or correcting, helping to correct stress response, it also acts as an immunomodulator. It makes the immune system more robust, more capable of defending ourselves from this stuff. I keep telling people, do not fear the virus. Prepare for the virus and you'll be fine. The more you fear the virus, the more likely the virus is to get you. And that's a absolute fact because you can come into contact with the virus and if you are prepared either not get sick or get a little sick and get better if you are unprepared and you are stressed and scared you're far more likely to have a much worse outcome so cbd is one of the best ways to achieve that level of calm and also to help modulate the immune system by mitigating some of that stress now, we have several excellent CBDs at Vitality. My favorite for the last five years has been the Green 15, I call it. And I mentioned last week on the show, I'm going to mention it again because we actually still have some that we got a special deal on, that if you mention Vitality Radio and you're interested in CBD, uh, you may want to try the Green 15. We'll offer you 40% off, but only if you mention Vitality Radio or the Vitality Radio Podcast. So uh, there's a little special for you. Now, one other thing that I forgot to mention in the very beginning of the show that I think has a ton of value because it's really helped me a lot is magnesium. Again, magnesium, not technically an immune thing, but a critical thing. It works uh, or takes part in 300 plus different cellular activities within our bodies. And it is powerful for stress. If you're feeling tight and tense, nerve-wracked, if you're worried about your income, you're worried about the income of your family members, your kids, grandkids, your parents, if you're worried about your, uh, the people close to you who are at the most risk of this virus, if you are one of those people that's at risk, magnesium may be one of the smartest things you can do for yourself. And my favorite way to do it, magnesium bath flakes. They are phenomenal. I love them. I never thought I would. I often soak my feet while I'm preparing Vitality Radio. I just put my feet in a little foot bath with the magnesium bath flakes in it. This is not Epsom salt. These are magnesium chloride flakes. My favorite are from Life Flow. They dissolve very easily and they work really, really well. Awesome stuff. Set your feet in there. This is what I'd recommend. If you're stressed out, set your feet in a bath, a warm bath of foot bath of magnesium chloride bath flakes, about three quarters of a cup to a cup. Do it for about 30 minutes. While you're doing it, do things that take away the stress. If that's deep breathing, if that's meditation, if that's reading a good book, not a stressful one, or watching something funny on TV, or having a chat with someone you love over the phone or Zoom or something like that. Whatever it is that can calm your mind and make you feel like, yeah, I'm okay. Magnesium bath salts in your foot bath at least five days a week, an awesome, awesome opportunity to calm stress but also so many other amazing things for your body, including helping with hydration, uh, eliminating leg cramps in most cases, helping with restless leg, deepening sleep. So many wonderful things. I am such a fan. Something I'll do for the rest of my life. Okay, I'm going to have to sign off here in a second. So I'm going to remind you where you can see me tonight. And I hope you do at the Utah Business Revival Rally. People are starting to gather downtown, kind of just near the Capitol uh, or City Creek or somewhere in that area, nowhere specific, at 4.30 p.m. tonight, Saturday, if you're listening on the 18th. It's tonight. And at 4.30, 
on the Facebook page, Utah Business Revival's Facebook page, which I would go like that page now, okay? I'll announce it on my Facebook as soon as I hear as well, but that'll be the most direct way. Like that Facebook page, and they will announce at 4.30 where everybody's going to get together. At that point, you get some food from a local restaurant. You come over and you sit down on the grass six feet away from people that don't live with you, so that we're still abiding by the recommendation uh, of our, uh, uh, let's see, I'm not going to call them leaders because I hate that term, of the people who we're taking advice from when it comes to COVID. How about that? Uh, This is not about defiance. This is about uh, showing those in power here in Utah that we need to get off our butts and back to work so that we can defeat the collateral damage and we can do it safely and still also defeat the outbreak of coronavirus. So, yes, tonight, uh, 4.30, Salt Lake City. If you have questions, give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Again, if you like what you hear on Vitality Radio, go tell somebody. The easiest, best way to do that now is to share the podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast player is. If you have an iPhone, though, please use Apple Podcasts to give me a review and a a written review because that's what helps push the needle so that Apple will send this show to people that have never heard of it before. Believe it or not, I got people listening in Egypt now. That's kind of cool, right? All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time listening to me. It's been fun delivering this show. I hope it was informative for you. I hope you're following me on Facebook because I'm putting stuff up like crazy right now. Uh, Vitality Radio on Facebook and also my personal page. Uh, Feel free to friend me and follow. I hope the information is of value to you. I am Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.